Well, ladies and gentlemen, the month of August now comes to a close. As we see the nighttime come closer back to us again. Welcome, fellow deadheads. And please join me as we close the summer where we began with the dead from the summer of 1978. Yeah, we're going to return to our theme of Grateful Dead from 1978, our featured show. August 31st, 1978, The Dead at Red Rocks. There was a wealthy merchant in that people's well. He had a beautiful daughter, the truth you all tell.
darling boy, she found Around. 
I need a miracle every day. Well, there was a, a vocal in there that you may not have recognized. That was Lowell George from Little Feet. Actually, not uh, too soon before he died. I didn't know how to say that. That is from the outtakes, August 1978, as they were working on the album, Shakedown Street. And before that was Shakedown Street. Yeah, Lil George was in the studio with them uh, as they were making this album. They did enough cocaine to make uh, Sigmund Freud come back to life. And Lil George and Mickey Hart, I think, got into a lot of fighting. That stuff, uh, you got to watch out for that stuff. Well, that, yeah, um, back in July, we were celebrating the July 1978 box release. And then we took a little hiatus to celebrate the music of Jerry Garcia, Mr. Captain Trips. And now, as promised, I was going to come right back to summer of 1978. And this is going to be our featured show, August 31st. I have featured August 30th show before. But as you remember, uh, at the end of July, we played uh, one of the... Red Rock shows from July of 1978, and now here we are again. Lots of circles within circles right here on Shakedown Stream. So let's get ourselves all exactly right as we do this 1978 right here on Shakedown Stream.
I think I just heard Phil Lesh's bass burp. That's Cassidy from 7778 Dead Rocks. And before that was a friend of the devil. Right on from 7178 Kansas City. I've never been, but I sure like to go. Yeah, so if you remember back in July, uh, I displayed as fully as I could the July 78 box that was just released by the Grateful Dead. They had found some lost reels and got them and made them beautiful and made them available for release. And so we played the July 3rd show from St. Paul, the July 8th show from Dead Rocks, and the July 5th show from Omaha, Nebraska. And so I think we did three shows in July, and then we had some technical difficulties, and we missed out on one week. And then, as always, August took us right to Days Between with Jerry Time, Garcia Time, and Captain Trips. And I want to thank uh, people for their kind words. They always look forward to this every summer. Certainly I do. And this year I did something that I don't normally do. I extended it for two weeks because I always feel like I never really finish what I started. There's so much stuff to play. So, uh, yeah, so what am I going to say? So 1978, great year. And I suspect that when people talk about the spring of 77, that um, it's better to say, the spring of 77 to the spring of 78, which was really the great run of the Grateful Dead. And after April of 1978, that run of some of the best dead kind of came to an end. And then they started changing gears and so forth. So I don't know if that helps. So also, and I forgot to tell you that we opened up with a Jack row an acoustic version from Loyola University out of Chicago. And that was from 11 17, 78. And uh, it made me think that there's this really cool Jack row from Cleveland, November 20th, 1978, where they open up the second set with the jam and they go into this whole thing. And then they go into Jack row. And I can't help but think that they were influenced by this version of Jack row they did for this uh, hunger benefit that. Bobby and his friends did. A lot of information, but I want to play this song from the Shakedown Street album that I've always loved. Not many versions of live versions of this tune, but let's hear it one more time right here on Shakedown Street.
If I had the world to get... Before that, we heard a little jamming with Garcia and the Dead in Egypt, which came after the Shakedown Street release in September of 1978. And before that was Good Lovin'. I like the album, though there is a couple tunes that hmm, I could do without. Uh, certainly, it's kind of weird that they brought Good Lovin' and Minglewood Blues back, because uh, those tunes are old tunes with the dead. And uh, France. I don't know, that's a weird tune. But, I don't know, Staggerly is a good tune. Uh, the, the the two tunes that are really great tunes that came out of this were Fire on the Mountain and Shakedown Street. And Fire on the Mountain is a tune that is indelibly ingrained into my soul. Uh, I don't know if you guys have read this before, but I'll read it again. Uh, it is said, as they were, Robert Hunter said about the song, If I Had the World to Give, quote, Jerry and I sat down on a lark decided to write a romantic song just for the heck of it, said Hunter. Of If I Had the World to Give, we were feeling sensitive because someone said, oh, you guys write songs for guys for guys. Hold it. We can do other than that. I think it's a good handkerchief and two cocktail song, something that would sound good in an old 50s cocktail lounge. That was the idea. Cool. Um... And then, you know, Heart of Me was a song that was written for Keith uh, by Donna. And this would be the, the last album that they were on with The Dead. This is the first time that they recorded at the Club Funt studio, which was a new studio for the band. They went into the studio with no songs ready. They just went in and did it. So they did it on the cuff, as it were. Um, yeah. And then it goes on, uh, whoever Rip Rents is. In the end, Shakedown Street is not nearly as good as it might have been. Trade two or three weak songs for two or three strong songs from the follow-up Go to Heaven, and you see how much better it could have been. Speaking of which, this is one of the songs from Go to Heaven that was recorded during this time period. Right on, this is Shakedown Street. Stream, street, stream.
Probably the first version of Saint of Circumstance ever really performed by the Grateful Dead. Yeah. With no lost sailor. How about that? And those drums. <laughs> those guys, the, that was when the Rhythm Devils were really the Rhythm Devils. Yeah, that was recorded at the Clubfront Studio in August of 1978 as they were putting together material for the eventual release of Shakedown Street. And, of course, I don't know if you recognize that there were different lyrics to the song that we all know. But that's kind of cool about the dead is you gotta you got to listen to listen. Well, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, this is really the darkest time right now because there's no moon. And now you can get a really good bird's eye view of the northern part of the solar system of the Milky Way. And I never really kind of realized that, that the, there's a there's different perspectives on the Milky Way. It always looked like the Milky Way, but I didn't know that there's a southern uh, viewpoint and there's a northern viewpoint, and it makes all the difference. Well, right on. Yeah, when it starts getting darker, I start getting a little like, oh, I need that light box. But this is the time to suck out the marrow of what is remaining of summer. And do it with vigilance, my dear friends, because it's a it's a gift. Summer is a gift. I've always thought that, and it still is. 
pretty dry here on the island. We could use some rain. Um, and the waves are pretty intense right now because whatever that storm that was coming off of Africa coming to the east coast, which ended up not hitting us, uh, nonetheless, uh, it made quite a bit of swell. I think there was like 12-foot swells. People were not going into the water today. And I think somebody had to be rescued because that undertow is strong. You should never underestimate the ocean. All right, so for the bare essentials, still theming and streaming on 1978, Garcia released the Cats Under the Stars album in April of 1978 or back around that time period of 1978. And this is from March 10th, 1978, at WMCF Studios 96.5 FM in Rochester, New York. Check it out.
That's music from the brand new album from the Jerry Garcia band. It's called Cats Under the Stars, and that particular tune is called Ruben and Charisse. And we have the very distinct pleasure of having members of the Jerry Garcia band with us here on CMF this afternoon. In fact, we have Jerry Garcia, Donna Gacho, and John Kahn in our studios, and you sure have picked a nice day to come to Rochester. We haven't had a day like this in a long, long time. All right. You should have seen it was like here about a month and a half ago. Oh, we did. Now it's all starting to melt. You did, oh yeah. Almost dead. The Grateful Dead was here right in the midst of that. That's true. We were here just before that in December. That wasn't too long ago. That was a big sellout. I remember I was uh, driving around about 3 in the morning after that show, and there were still people all over the streets in downtown Rochester. You wouldn't believe it. And you're back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rochester keeps calling us back. That's (laughs) us. Come back, George Garcia band. Come back, come back. Well, people seem to like you. That's the important thing. Tell us who's not with us this afternoon that's in the band. Uh, Keith uh, Gacho, who plays piano, and uh, Buzz Buchanan, who plays drums, and Maria Moldar, who's uh, singing with us as well. How did Maria get involved in the tour? Uh, well, uh, luck, I suppose. <laughs> Actually, there what, has to be what, more what happened to it was than that, that uh, uh, back when. I did an album about uh, three or four years ago, and John produced it. And uh, he had Maria come in to do some uh, vocal work on the record. And uh, since then, we've worked sort of informally, and uh, John and Maria live together. If that's okay, if you don't mind my imagining that. That's quite all right. (laughs) (laughs) We're a little radio station. And uh, so in this album, she participated a lot, too, in the vocals and stuff. And uh, she's also accompanied us on a few other tours, and it's neat to have her singing with us. And Donna and Maria sing really well together, and they like working together. Uh So just chemically, it works out really nicely. We don't fight or anything. And I love having (laughs) those pretty girls on stage, Uh you know. Yes. (laughs) We're really excited this afternoon. For one thing, we have a, a super advanced pressing of your of your latest album. I don't even think you've heard it yet, right? And we got it not more than 50 minutes ago. We heard a test pressing just before we left uh, California, which was a couple of days ago, four days ago, three or something, some few numbers of days ago, which we were very happy with. So we've okayed the production of the record. And, and uh, as far as I know now, it's in its... Uh, uh, radio stations will be getting their promotional copies and stuff, and it'll, mm-hmm. it'll come out in record stores pretty soon, I think. Jerry, let's talk a bit about the music on the new album. I've only yes. had a chance to listen to it one time. What kind of musical directions are you trying to take on this record, things like that? There's uh, a, a touch of reggae in it again. Every direction. Uh-huh. Uh, that, uh, we don't really have a style, that's, uh, except that it's all us. It's, yeah, it sounds... Like us is the direction. Yeah, that's it's it. It's trying to sound the most like us of anything we've done so far. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Well, maybe we should listen to something from it. Sure. We have Rain up next year. Yeah, the Rain it was written by Donna. It's her tune. And the arrangement that you hear is uh, uh, John Kahn's arrangement. He did the orchestration on it. So that'll tell you something about who's participating in this uh, music. We're speaking with Jerry Garcia, Donna, John Kahn right here on CMF. The new album is called Cast Under the Stars, and this is a song from it, entitled Rain.
Halifax Studios. We're WCMF in Rochester at 96.5 FM, and we have with us right now various members of the Jerry Garcia Band, Donna Gacho, Jerry himself, and John Kahn here in our studios. We've just heard a track from the new album called Cats Under the Stars, and that was something called Rain, a Donna Gacho song with Maria Muldaur singing. No, it's singing. Just I'm sorry. That. Was it? Yes. Boy, I feel bad right now. <laughs> it sounded a lot like her. Maybe I should have put my headphones on all the way. <laughs> anyway, we were discussing different things when we were sitting in here while the commercials were being played. And one of the things that I've noticed about different bands around the dead and all the different solo careers and such, it seems that many different bands that have been around for quite a long time don't seem to keep the younger kids. Okay? The uh -huh, band gets sure. older and the audience stays with them, but it seems with the dead, just talking to kids in town, that they're still into it, and it amazes me, like 16-year-old kids, when you guys started, it wasn't, you know, these, they weren't even listening to the radio, probably. Right. What do you attribute uh, such things to? Well, we've been sort of lucky in having a, a very spotty record career, uh, insofar as we've never had any real big hits, or uh, you know, Singles, quadruple anyway. platinum records, or any of that <laughs> stuff, yeah. We've got a handful of gold records here and there, but uh, we've been, our audience, I think, is not there to hear us perform our albums. They're there to hear us uh, do whatever we do, and it, 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 typically at a show, there are people who request, you know, a few, like, old favorites or whatever, uh, and stuff like that, but uh, we never get, you know, gales of booing if we don't do do that stuff. We've always felt very free to do whatever we want to do because it seems th as though the audience is encouraging us in that direction, you know. So it, it works out well for us because the audience is dynamic and they're, uh, they're, they, they're accepting of anything that we want to try. And I think that really a, a concert, for me, a performance is, uh, I like to go to a performance and be moved. And I don't think that you can be moved successfully a lot of times by a certain formula devices that you can employ. For example, if you have a slam-bang show that's really tightly organized and and uh, things happen just the way they're supposed to be, be tremendously exciting the first time, say, you know, and, uh, lasers go off and explosions on stage and all kinds of special <laughs> well, stuff. Well, for some happens. groups that are into theatrics, sure, perhaps and, that works and that's well. Neat, you know, that's neat, but the second time you see the show, and or the third time you see the show and you realize that you're seeing the same thing in the same time, in the same pace, and so forth, and the same approach, generally, I think that that ultimately it gets to be dull and then that an audience doesn't really want to spend money to go back to that repetition. Much less follow that band all over the country. Yeah. So right. when you take the stage as a group, do you have any songs in mind or <laughs> no. do you go, hey, let's do uh, Right. That's it. We don't know what we're going to do. A new uh, experience. Very so that's right. right. Be, and that's because fundamentally we just have a very low boredom index. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it would be it would be it would be horribly boring for us to have to do the same stuff all the time, the same way. You know, each show. Well, we that's couldn't new, do it. We couldn't do it really. We're just constitutionally incapable of doing it. Really. That's where, that's where all the fun comes. <laughs> yeah, it seems to work pretty well because there are definitely nights that are just total clunkers. You know, and the audience realizes well, they made it. Uh, Brave try, but you know, no score. You know, <laughs> and th but then there'll be other times that w that'll be magical and uh, miraculous. And from our point of view, we're able to observe these things that are uh, uh, in the form of uh, an exceptionally high concentration of coincidence, based on when you're improvising. You know, you're not really communicating in the sense of now I'm going to do this. You know, John, hey, listen, John, I'm going to play this leg right. now. You know, it's not happening like that. Things are happening all at once. All of a sudden, we'll find ourselves 
in this place where uh, musical coincidences are, are occurring way higher than the law of probabilities would allow them to normally. So it, bar it begins to be like magic, almost, you know, as an experience. So when we get off the stage, then it's like, what happened, you know? What, what was that, you know? We don't know. Everybody al already knew what everybody else was going to do. Yeah, and, and I think that the audience is... There is an that people come to that because of there is some something genuine about it. I don't know what it is. I you know and I don't want to know really. You know I like the idea mm -hmm. that it's a mysterious thing, and that it's uh, uh, something that people require. I, th I think and the fact that we have the audiences that we do have indicates to us that yeah we're being encouraged in this kind of this approach to music. You know. So you're playing off uh, each other is has it in the that moment and the audience is of course participating you know i mean they're involved oh, sure. as well you know they're they're right they're, there with yeah, us they're know. yeah they're we're reacting to them they're reacting to us mm -hmm. it's all uh, a whole harmonic situation what's it like on those nights when you realize that all of a sudden there's some sort of great rapport between the audience. Oh, it's real special. I mean, does, it, does it, it come across to everybody in the group? Can uh, you just feel when it does sort of come across to everybody in the group, it's one of those things. It makes it makes it possible for you to do 40 bad gigs, you know, that are just terrible in the hopes of having that one that's special. The special one is so special, you know, that it keeps well, it's it's kept us doing this thing, pursuing these ideas all these years, you know. Without trying to uh, Box into a corner here. Oh, go ahead. A few favorite like moments like that. You Concerts the over the years, as far back as you want to go. You know, like <coughs> any that you've had. I don't. Uh, it's not for me. It's not a linear thing. In other words, I can't. Uh, you, you're not in a position when you're playing sh live shows. You're not in a position to compare yourself to your former self. In other words. Say we had a great show last year, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and then the last show that we did was just a clunker. Well, the feeling is everything that we've ever done added up to this clunker, and there's really just no point in even living, you know. It's just all, but, you know, it's yeah, all added up at, to a clunker. At the same you know? time, we don't know as well as a, a lot of times we don't really know very much about whether we were good or that's not. That's true. Some, and that's yeah. the God's truth. I, I've heard, played gigs where I was mad. You know, I left it mad, and then later heard like a tape, of, and it sounded great. Right. Or the opposite. Right. There, there it's 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 hard for us to know what we're we get too crazy to really know whether it's good. Yeah, or there not. Are, there are yeah. levels of uncertainty. They're very, they're very hard to account for. That thing that John just described is a very real thing. I mean, this, there are times when you just feel like. Uh, God, I, I never, I couldn't quite get together all night. You know, I felt like my guitar was a little out of tune, it didn't sound right, and everything was funny. I thought the grooves were weird, and things were funny. And then you hear a tape, and it just sounds wonderful. You know, the audience response is incredible. You know, for some reason, you can't figure out what the heck is it, what is it that's making that happen. So for us, that provides a, a certain kind of proof, in a way, empirically, that there is a certain level of something that happens that we're not really responsible for. You know, we're not out there with our wills, you know, saying, you know, do this, you know, do that. You know, this music is now going to have this kind of emotional effect on the audience. You know, a lot of times it's completely out of our hands in a, in a very interesting way. You know, and, and, and being in this uh, situation where we're exposed to a high-energy environment all the time and this uh, testing situation, you know, we, it's happened often enough for us to know that there is something 
special about it, even though we don't know what it is or why or anything else about it, really, and mechanically. We're just aware of it because of our own ability to, to test it. You know? Well, a Jerry Garcia Band concert is an event to people, too, to everybody in the audience. You know, They haven't seen those other shows you know, where it might be, eh, eh. <laughs> right? yeah. Well, no, an awful lot of them have, though. That's, That's true. That's true. Your uh, groups, uh, people follow you all around the country, I know. <laughs> yeah, and there are people who come, and they really, they really do. They uh, pay close attention, and they're following... What they are following is a dynamic progress, you know what I mean, rather than a show. I and mean, they're not coming to see the same show. They know that it's not going to be the same, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one of the things that keeps them interested, just as, as it keeps us mm -hmm. interested. The same sort of uh, thing applies. Mm, the, and they're willing to listen to some songs that aren't real great. <laughs> and come back again. Right. Yeah. We have a song up next here that, that you co-wrote, John. I believe is I wrote the mu the uh, music part and Let me ask Hunter you, wrote the words before we melody get into the part. song how do you work with Robert Hunter now Robert Hunter is your lyricist how do you yeah. get together with him how do you fit the music that you write to the words that Robert Hunter puts to the music I mean do you come together in a room or uh, yeah we do, we do it all different different ways. a lot of different time. ways sometimes the Garcia will have like pages of words and write music to that or sometimes we'll write music that doesn't have words and give that to him so it goes different directions yeah so there's no specific style of working together. right there's all kinds of fine-tuning uh, possibilities sometimes I have I'll have an idea which includes vocal phrasing for example right and I'll uh, sing the phrasing to Hunter and he'll uh, he'll you know, then we're develop a whole series of ideas based on the phrasing, and I'll go through and edit. You know, and it just we work very freely together you in all, all different ways. For instance, edit uh, eight typewritten pages of Terrapin Station words into what eventually got on Terrapin Station. Right. Do you all still work together and live together as a close knit family, or is it sort of? fragmented a bit? Well, there's we too many of us together, to really yeah. live together. That's yeah. not really possible. As econo also economically, I mean, in California, they don't really let you do that anymore. Uh -huh. You know, they have laws about how many people you can have that aren't related living under the same roof. And how many can you? They do? Yeah, they do. Oh. They did that back when people oh. were, lots of people were living <laughs> in one house. Oh, they actually oh. dealt with that. I never knew that. Yeah, That's they actually nothing. did that. I thought everybody took it upon themselves that it was too crazy or something. And basically, we all have our own <laughs> scenes and families and so forth and uh, whatever, you know. So it's, uh, we're all, we all are, uh, live near each other and we hang out an awful lot together. And I would say that if you had to divide our hours up, that, that we, in terms of life hours, that we probably live together yeah. in terms of spending more hours together than we do live anywhere mm -hmm. else. You know. For instance, we can be playing at um, a place called Keystone in Berkeley, and having been working on a record or whatnot for days and days and days, and I walk in and Jerry and I just immediately crack up. You know? <laughs> And he says, long time no see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It gets to be pretty silly at times. <laughs> at the end of the album, I remember we saw the sun come up four times through that little slit right. in the ceiling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Without ever leaving the room, you know, the room that we were working in. Mm -hmm. So, <coughs> we, and, you know, I mean, we, we've chosen to work that way just... You know, I don't know why. Just uh, mainly because we, we can't really do it we very just well. Did. It you know, we, you have one of uh, <coughs> you have one of these uh, studio setups of your own now, like 
where you can go and just lock yourself in a room and, and work for days straight if you want right. to. Right, this That's record right. is the first record from months. that studio. <laughs> you know, months in this case. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> this record is the first thing from that uh, studio, which is uh, uh, was partly funded, partly built from uh, the uh, uh, budget that I was allowed to make this record. And uh, it's quite well equipped. It has uh, um, a really nice Neve council from uh, England and a Studer 16-track uh, Swiss machine. And, and really, and it's an excellent sounding room. It's a very large room, and it really sounds very pretty. You know, it has a very pretty vocal sound, very pretty instrumental sound. And this is the first record uh, made in there. So, and we're really delighted with the results. We're real happy. To get back to the song here, this is a song that was co-written by John Kahn. John, why don't you give it a, a brief introduction and then we'll <coughs> play the song. Well, it's <laughs> like a reggae song, sort of. It's influenced by reggae music, which I happen to love a whole lot. That, that t Reggae music was uh, the most significant thing that happened in terms of bass players for me in uh, 10 years, maybe. Do you think we've really seen reggae music bloom yet as far as how it's used in the rock context? Or do you think you there's even more? You might hear it now. Uh, Here's a good example of okay. I don't know, but uh, I, I, the way I we do it. I don't know that there's going to be a lot. We might have heard the best reggae records so already. Yeah, it's, it's I, don't, I don't know that there's going to continue a lot in Jamaica, yeah, to tell I you the truth. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be some kind of reggae explosion. I think that it's really like, it's a local kind of music from a very small part of the world and it has a very it has I really think a limited appeal but from a musician standpoint it has some really interesting things that that like American music could use right now like know. what uh, a, a rhythmic feeling uh, a whole approach to rhythm that has to do with like standing on the rhythm in a certain way and the, and my, my, the easiest way I can relate to it is to figure about 93 degrees with about 100% humidity you know in the middle of summer just going real slow you know and it has this a steadiness to it that comes from that, that kind of island life like the surf you know and uh, all those things and it and then uh, and the thing about the bass playing like John was saying the the sense of the rhythmic the, the holes, the space is having rhythmic value in the same sense that in a positive negative image sense, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the holes have the same kind of rhythmic value that the, that the notes do, which gives it a tremendous power and uh, a really kind of lo a lo real lovely rhythmic thing, you know. And, and, you know, and, and as a bass player, uh, a long time ago, a, a lot of, especially like rhythm and blues records, like I'm thinking of like old Motown records and stuff like that. The bass line was really one of the more important elements of the song. It was like a counterpoint to the vocal. And those were the most basic elements of that music and the drums too. Uh, music has gotten away from that now. Music got away from music that's designed to also listen to and also dance at the same time too? No, there's no disco music is for listening and dancing, but I'm talking about music that is is uh, directly related to the bass line. It's something that sort of died out in America, and uh, it's it's an element of reggae music. Needless to say, as a bass player, it appeals a lot to me. All right, let's listen to it. The new album, Cats Under the Stars, the Jerry Garcia Band. This is Love in the Afternoon.
Jerry Garcia band doing love in the afternoon. As John Kahn said, that it was influenced by Jamaican music that was probably just kind of ending uh, in 1978. I thought that was an interesting uh, point to make. And then we listened to a nice interview with Donna Jean, Jerry Garcia, and John Kahn. I don't think I've ever listened to John Kahn speak. I didn't realize uh, that he was not so (laughs) uh, 
uh, eloquent in speaking, but he was the bass player for Jerry Garcia for just about ever. So, and that is uh, an interview that they did in Rochester, New York. We also heard Rain, and I listened to that song in a way that I probably never listened to that song. It's a Donna Jean song. And then we heard uh, Ruben and Charisse. And uh, that was recorded March 10, 1978, uh, probably before their show in Rochester, New York. Cool. That's our Bear Essentials. And it ended up going a lot longer than I thought because I was enthralled. I always love listening to Jerry Garcia do interviews. He clearly is articulate and can speak on an array of different subjects and make all sorts of good connections and uh, always reminds me of why I was such a, a deadhead. Also, the Jerry Garcia newsletter announces Dear Jerry, and they are good at Blackbird Presents and the Jerry Garcia family are proud to announce Dear Jerry, Let's Play 2. If I understand this, there are going to be tickets that are going to be going on today and through the 31st. So on night one, Jerry Uncovered, exploring Jerry Garcia through the JGB Songbook on October 14, 2016 in Washington, D.C. Warren Haynes with other musicians, Allison Krauss, John Medeski, Raymond Weber, Jamie Johnson, and more will be announced. And then night two, this is 30, the 30-year anniversary of Jerry's comeback to life after his coma in 1986. And there will be a show Saturday, October 15, 2016, at Fairfax, Virginia, Eagle Bank Arena, basically at George Mason University. And again, uh, Warren Haynes and the Yvette Brothers. Actually, it's the Yvette Brothers who will be joined by Warren Haynes. That will be pretty cool, too. So it all is connected, but it's cool. Um, I remember when Jerry uh, had his coma, and uh, he came back to life. Cool. Um, let's start our featured show. We're a little behind schedule. This is August 31st, 1978, the second of a two-night stand of the dead at Red Rocks right here on Shakedown Stream.
Shine. 
short break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Everybody hang loose. Well, some very sage words from Mr. Bob Weir. Everybody hang loose. That's a state of mind. It's a physical activity, but it's a spiritual thing too, I suspect. That was a Jack Straw to close out the first set of our featured show. August 31st, 1978. Yeah, the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Morrison, Colorado. Before that was Donna Jean's From the Heart of Me. Yeah. there's. I've, I've had a couple different versions of this show, and I never had the heart of me. It was always missing. And I'm, I'm not talking metaphorically. I mean, the actual song on my bootleg. And then there was Candyman, Minglewood Blues. A really nice Peggy, a little bit different than I think uh, we would normally hear. And then an El Paso out of Mississippi half-step. 
kind of a short first set. And uh, the show from August 30th, I was probably one of the first shows. It actually was the first show I've ever played on Shakedown Stream from 1978. So we're closing a loop here, and we are doing a very full representation of summer 1978, at least this summer on Shakedown Stream. Well, cool. A lot of different write-ups about this show. Um... And we got more stuff coming. We got a Nobody's Fault But Mine jam. And we're going to hear the very first Shakedown Street ever performed live by the Grateful Dead. And then we're going to hear some Olin Adegid, which is uh, a prelude to the material that, the stuff that they did in Egypt, which uh, they would do one show after this in Rutherford, New Jersey, and then onward to Egypt, where they brought peace to the world. Cool. Yeah, great show. Um, yeah. All right, well, why don't we take a little break? Not much happening in Grateful Dead news, but what, you know what? Why don't we go right to the second set? And uh, this is cool because I'm really excited. And then uh, we're going to keep on rolling and keep on streaming right here on Shakedown Stream right on. This is MVYRadio.com.
used to say.
stands as empty as it was filled before time there was no plenty but from that cup no more though I could not cause an And for the weather for not raining on us tonight. Thank you. 
Johnny Be Good Encore, pretty raucous. That's when that show turns into an audience recording. Johnny Be Good. If you're going to be in a rock band, you got to know how to play that tune. That's like a kind of a rites of passage. Well, that concludes our August 31st, 1978 show at Red Rocks. Before that, we heard a Sugar Magnolia. Yeah, Sweet Magnolia Daydream. Yeah. And then a Black Peter. Not Fade Away. Probably one of the first Olin Adeguid, which was a tune that became very associated with the Dead's Egypt tour and songs, uh, shows thereafter. Drums, playing in the band out of a Terrapin station. Samson and Delilah, Ship of Fools, A Good Lovin'. And Bobby and Donig really getting into a riff on uh, that Good Lovin'. Donna doing, you got, you got. And uh, that was good. That was fun. That was uh, interesting. Never really heard that before. And then the very first Shakedown Street. Well, the Grateful Dead played 80 shows in 1978. U.S. Blues was the number one encore. Then Johnny Be Good. Then One More Saturday Night. Then Werewolves of London. And I was looking through all the encores. You know, they didn't play these great sweet kind of slow ballad tunes that would kind of help you melt into the night at the end of the show it was these cranking rocking tunes and uh there was a that that was the edgy quality of the dead in uh 78 which was kind of like "Eh, please no more black peters too many estimated profits uh it wasn't until like later on that they started to get a really sweet quality uh to their tunes and maybe there was something to that line that you guys play guy tunes for guys. And uh, they started to get a softer quality uh, in really sweet tunes later on. Shakedown Street would be released in November of 1978. 
So uh, to segue before we start closing out the stream, uh, this is a rendition of a song off the Days Day of the Dead, big release that happened in the beginning of the summer. Check it out.
Well, there's a stagger lead from Chicago, 11-18-78. And before that was If I Had the World to Give, off that big Day of Dead box release. And that is Bonnie Prince Billy, who did a few tunes on that box. And uh, there's a new Bobby solo album coming out with the guys from The National, which put together that box. So going strong in the dead world. Well, I'm going to say see you later. Have a good night. Have a good week. And I'll see you in September where we will have another theme, a whole brand new theme. And I'm looking for a song. I'm looking for a Grateful Dead song to focus on. Stay tuned. Join me next week right here on MVYRadio.com. Peace be with you. I leave you with this. The Dead doing acoustic. Knocking on heaven's door.
I must be knocking on heaven's door. 